Welcome to Change Catalysts at the Growing Edge with your host, Carol McClelland-Fields. Within each show, Carol and her guests explore topics that give coaches, healers, and other change catalysts new concepts, tools, and insights that open up opportunities to flourish personally, professionally, and financially. And now, your host, Carol McClelland Fields. Hello and welcome. I'm Carol McClellan Fields, your host. In this episode of Change Catalysts at the Growing Edge, my guest Helen McConnell and I are talking about finally resolving trauma. During this episode, we'll be talking about how to resolve trauma through a simple technique that is easily learned and implemented. Helen's work involves helping others to resolve old and not so old emotional issues and creating a ripple effect of inner peace compassion, and abundance. Welcome, Helen. Great to have you here. Thank you, Carol. It's my pleasure to be here. So given that the root of trauma is in the childhood years, can you talk a little bit more about the patterns to be aware of? It's not just in the childhood years, but that's a primary place for it. Some traumas start in utero, which means that the mother had a trauma or a scare that scared the baby or past life, or many generations back. In the world of psychology, there's a very well-known thing called ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences. For a child, these are the types of things that can be so traumatic and affect the rest of their lives. If a child grows up with an alcoholic parent, or two alcoholic parents, or a drug-addicted parent, that can be extremely devastating for the rest of their lives. They don't feel like they have any control or that anything's predictable. And so they have feel oftentimes like they have to be in control of everything, which is true as a child. But when you take that into a relationship, it doesn't work so well. If a child grows up in a house where there's violence or where a family member is incarcerated, that is considered an, an adverse childhood experience and it can lead to more trauma later on or trauma symptoms. Lack of nurturance is, to me, one of the biggest problems my generation has, being born in the baby boomers and anybody before that. Parents were encouraged not to hold their babies. Dr. Spock said, let your baby cry until they fall asleep. A small child can get through what we might call traumatic events and have them not be a trauma if there's an adult there to hold them and nurture them through it and let them complete their feelings. And I want to let people know we can go back and resolve this stuff even 50 years later. So not to feel discouraged if you didn't have this kind of upbringing, but imagine holding a child when they're upset and crying or they've just experienced something terrible and you hold them in your arms as soon as possible for as long as necessary until they feel that they have dissipated these emotions. You you soothe them, you stroke their hair, you tell them they're not alone, you say you understand, 
Can you imagine? I mean, it takes a lot of patience and a lot of time, but it's well worth it. It's a good investment. Yeah, good and investment. I was thinking a really the same good thing. investment. Yeah. As a parent, if you weren't given these tools, how could you do this for your kids? Nobody's at fault. I say, let's just start right here, right now, where we're at and heal and move forward. We don't have to go back and blame our parents for everything. But I think it does help to be aware of the kinds of circumstances because if somebody's giving us their history and we spot one or two of those, then we might be on alert a little more to paying attention to how they're navigating right now. Absolutely. Um, I'm not suggesting that we don't identify where these things came from, but I believe that part of the healing is to let go of the blame. Yes. If you're not doing this kind of work, like what I do, but your client is identifying I can't do that because when I was a kid, I was never allowed to fill in the blank. If you're hearing that kind of thing, there is help for your client. And it doesn't right. have to be like, you don't have to go to a talk therapist, but a couple of tapping sessions could clear that up. You mentioned earlier, if somebody is resisting something, that could be a sign of trauma or they're feeling blocked from achieving a goal. Uh, and they can't move forward. Those are the kinds of circumstances where a few sessions with you could resolve or somebody else who does tapping, but could resolve and shift that enough that they're freer to move toward the goals that they're wanting to move toward. Yes, I think that's a really important point. And what started me down this path was realizing that there were so many things I said I wanted to do, but I couldn't get myself to do them. I'm still not like perfect, but I certainly have tapped my way through a lot of things that now I know what I want to do and how to get there. And, you know, the company Nike says, just do it. And mm -hmm. I always say, if I could just do it, I would have just done it by now. <laughs> exactly. Yes. If you have a desire, a true desire from your innermost soul to do something and you can't find your way to do it, or you find a million different ways to avoid doing it, that's something to look at your desire might not actually be your desire. That's the first thing I always say. Is this what mm. you really want to do? Or are you trying to be like what other people think you should be? Yeah, really good that point. Can, that can be really the, the, a most subtle kind of trauma, I think, is being told that who we are, who our true nature is, isn't okay. So one of the reasons I focus on this referral piece is that Change catalysts have all different professions from coaching to healer to therapist to social worker to reverend to, you know, anybody who works with other people to navigate change. I mm -hmm. call a change catalyst. And we're not all trained the same way. We each have strengths. We each have specialties. But there are times, and I've experienced this in my practice, there are times when we work with people who really need something that we don't offer. And rather than just watching them stew in that lack of progress, I say this is where we need a community where we know people that we trust to be able to refer our clients to. I've referred clients out for depression where they worked with a therapist for a year or two and then came back to me to finish what they really wanted to work on. Yeah. And so understanding this technique, and we're going to go to that next, and that there is a profession out there that can help people in this situation. I can think of a few people right now from my past practice that 
I would have recommended that they talk to someone about tapping in a heartbeat because it was so clear to me that it wasn't that they were bad people that they couldn't get their thing going. It's there was something else in the equation that they couldn't clear up on their own. An emotional block of some sort. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And why we don't have time to just stay in a eddy of that forever. You know, there are things we're each here to do. And when we can clear all that stuff out, then we can pursue our goals, pursue our mission, whatever that is. This is such a good point, Carol, because I used to think when I first started learning tapping and becoming certified, I used to think maybe I'll be a business coach. You know, I used to be a manager in corporate America Mm -hmm. and I've run my own businesses and stuff. And then I started thinking, oh, that is so not what I want to do. That's not what I'm here for. But there are wonderful business coaches and other very specialized coaches out there who do their job so beautifully. We should find people who are specialists really oftentimes. And then when you get stuck, I personally think that. Every good coach should have a tapping practitioner as part of their program. Like you, so you can mm, refer your clients yes. for two or three sessions. So I'm not going to steal your clients. I want to make you look good as a coach. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah, because it's it's not like a therapeutic relationship that has to go on and on and on. It's wonderfully efficient most yeah. of the time. So let's talk about the method that you use. We've been kind of dancing around it, but let's name it and And talk about what it actually (laughs) is and what the benefits are. I'm a certified EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques, tapping practitioner. It's known as tapping these days because EFT is used for many other things, but we usually call it tapping. I've been doing this work for 10 years. I think you can guess by listening to me. And if anybody's ever been to one of my presentations, I love this work. I love it, love it, love it so much. And I'm really good at it. This is why I know this is what I should be doing. Tapping falls under the category of energy psychology. And this is a really up and coming field. This is actually scientifically researched and there's just tons of research and evidence out there that shows how these energy psychology methods work. And there are more than one method, but this is, to me, one of the most powerful for a number of different reasons. We call it tapping because we're actually tapping on acupuncture meridian points. But I can't needle myself. Even if I were an acupuncture, it's not usually recommended. But tapping, you can do it yourself. We teach it to kids. We teach it to little kids. It's that powerful, that easy to learn. There are no known negative side effects to tapping, none. That's pretty amazing. Sometimes people will get triggered. Tapping didn't cause that. It just brought up something. And I always tell people, if you get triggered while you're tapping or listening to something tapping related, just keep tapping. Yeah. And it will, it will don't begin stop to, there. Don't <laughs> stop there and say, oh my God, this is hurting me. Because it's not. You just have to keep going. Tapping has the amazing ability to allow us to access our conscious mind, which is a very small part of our mind relative to the whole. That's our thinking part, the one where we come up with ideas and problem solve. It also simultaneously 
accesses our subconscious mind. We have no idea how large our subconscious mind is, but that's a memory or an imprint of everything we've ever experienced. And also simultaneously, it accesses our nervous system, our body. So here we are, body, mind, subconscious mind, and it accesses our soul or our spirit all at the same time. So imagine this open channel between those four things. I don't know anything else that allows us to do all those things at the same time and not have to orchestrate anything. They just automatically get into alignment. I can tap with an individual. I can tap with myself. I can tap with a group. I've tapped with the inmates at the men's penitentiary here in Oregon, the high security men's penitentiary, and they all tapped along. I can tap while I'm riding on the bus. I can tap while I'm driving a car. I can tap while I'm riding my bike or walking down the street. I can do it anywhere. I just love how portable it is. Personal, it's powerful, it's portable, and the results are permanent. I've never found anything that works as well as this. And believe me, I've tried them all. What happens to the person physically when and after they've tapped? What we know from research is that as soon as you start tapping, your cortisol stress hormone levels go down. So if you're in any kind of stress, anxiousness, or worry, or just frazzled from the day, if you start tapping, your nervous system relaxes, cortisol levels go down. We do a lot of pain work with tapping. And pain is another symptom of certain kinds of trauma. And I don't mean like, oh, I got in a car wreck, so my shoulder hurts. But three years later, if my shoulder's still hurting and I've done all the treatment, I've still got something in there from that accident, some emotional thing. So tapping can help resolve that. Tapping reduces inflammation. When we're not stressed, our immune system functions better. Our mind functions better. We're more creative. These are just some of the things that can happen in a person's body. But I'll tell you probably the most common responses people tell me. People often go, like they just finally exhaled. They feel the sense of relief and release. They start yawning in a way that isn't like, I'm so tired, is energy release. And one of my favorite experiences has happened a few times in doing group work where we're working on a limiting belief that somebody has. And that belief leaves them in the process of tapping and everyone in the room can see it leave them. Their facial features change, their face relaxes. And I will look around and I'll say, did you all just see that? And they're like, yes, what was that? You know, (laughs) because holding on to a limiting belief or a false belief your whole life, you know, it's hard on your body. It takes a lot of energy and muscle work. So when that thing is gone and gone for good, my God, people look 10 years younger. Wow. That's awesome. These are some of the reasons I love doing this work. No two sessions are ever the same. No two people react the same way. And it sounds like it, it soothes and settles their nervous system as well. It does. Different parts of the body start to relax that haven't relaxed in a long time. I had a woman email me yesterday after our session and she said, I went outside after our session, I was talking to my fiance and she said, I was happy and relaxed for the first time in I don't know how long. Wow. You know, that makes my work worthwhile. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about another level. You talked about tapping in groups, but you are also involved with resolving trauma at a community level. 
I am involved and creating some community projects. I am going, I can't say the dates because I don't know exactly, but I'm going to Puerto Rico to help the children. And there's a really high level of PTSD symptoms in children in schools in Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria, which Mm -hmm. has now been quite a while. Well, I didn't know these figures until recently, but that's when I realized what I needed to be doing to help Puerto Rico. We're taking a program into some of the schools in San Juan. I believe that our communities, our cities need to be trauma-aware cities so that police can stop shooting people. And if a police person does shoot someone, that they can resolve their trauma so that they don't have to do it again. There's so many places where awareness, understanding, and training could be so helpful. Yeah, and just the, you know, the regional disasters that we're going through, whether it's fires on the West Coast or floods mm-hmm. now, other mm-hmm. places or storms, there are these regional disasters that do play havoc with the fabric of that community. For Absolutely. If we can get the tools to them to help them lift up and beyond that trauma, then that helps everybody. It helps the recovery process to actually happen. For one thing, if everybody is walking around after a disaster, like zombies, it's going to take a long time to recover. But if people can come back to to themselves, maybe even better than they were before the disaster, Mm -hmm. um, then the recovery process is going to be so much faster. And another area, of course, is mass shootings, where I've worked with school shooting survivors and I want to talk about it so much so that people don't just think this is some fake thing. This is real. This works. Tapping works. And people don't have to stay traumatized. Yeah. That's my basic message. It works. You don't have to stay traumatized just because we haven't gotten it throughout our culture yet. Pretty soon we will. And you'll look back and go, I remember hearing somebody talk about that. Oh, yeah. Maybe we can get over this. Yeah. And that's another piece of my vision working with change catalysts is I think that together in this multidisciplinary conversation that we can become more aware of how we navigate these times of greater, more significant, more intense change. If we're not paying attention, if we're not coming to an understanding of what's possible, then trauma is going to rule the roost. You know, there's We have to find ways to resolve and move beyond and heal from the various traumas, the various transitions. I don't know that every transition is a trauma, but uh, certain transitions definitely do bring a trauma response. And so coming coming together as professionals, we have to look beyond just the training that we've gotten maybe 10, 20 years ago and say, what is happening in our world right now? And how do we lift the circumstances so that our world doesn't get kind of run down by holding all of this trauma and all of this deep transition angst so that we can lift again? And I feel like we're at a place now, the first time in human history, where we're actually at a place where we can consciously evolve. Yes. And we need to evolve our nervous system and our minds And we can do it. We can do it consciously with the caveat that the trauma has to be resolved first. Yes. We can meditate, but it's really hard to meditate if you have a lot of trauma. 
It's hard yeah. to do yoga if you have a lot of trauma, but yoga can help resolve trauma if the yoga instructor is aware. So I think there are a lot of possibilities. Thank you for bringing us this insight into different ways to look at it and understand trauma and also finally being able to resolve it. I think that's so powerful. Thank you for having this conversation. Oh, sure. So let's talk a little bit about you and your work. What is your primary work as a change catalyst? I practice EFT, tapping. Tapping is my main modality. And the way that I use tapping is I use the basic tapping and I add all kinds of other things that I've learned over the years to it. We do forgiveness work. We do trauma work. We resolve your nervous system. We get you settled. Can you meditate? Do you have goals? Do you have stuff you want to accomplish, but you're not doing it? That's my tool. It is that powerful. And I can resolve some of the worst trauma ever. And so what is currently at the growing edge of your own work? I do a shame program. It's called Taming the Shame Monster. And I'm also writing a book that'll be out pretty soon with the same title. Because shame is an emotion that is, causes us to hide our greatest gifts. I'm doing whatever I can to create trauma-aware communities and cities. And by community, that could be your town, your city, your organization, your company. Because of tapping, I've become a version of myself that I almost never dreamed I could be. Wow, that's awesome. So if people are intrigued and want to learn more, what's the best way for people to learn more about you and your work? Well, they can go to my website, of course, HelenMcConnell.com. And I have a YouTube channel. You can go to YouTube and type in Helen McConnell. I've got lots of tapping videos there. And uh, you can find out what my style is like and what I'm like by watching those. You can go to, um, from my website, you can schedule a 20-minute phone conversation. No pressure. It's just a consultation to see how tapping might be able to help you. And I do a live event every month in Portland that's free. If you're in this area, they can come to my meetup on the first Thursday of every month. We tap. We have fun. We do group work. And and I teach people how to use tapping. And I love that. I will be placing direct links to some of the resources that Helen just mentioned. And those will be on my site, which is flourishasachangecatalyst.com forward slash radio. And so we'll gather up all of Helen's links and place them there. You can also go to HelenMcConnell.com, which is her direct link to her website. So any final thoughts that you want to share, Helen, before we close? Just a brief one, Carol. And again, thank you for doing this. Everyone has a gift and I want you to find your gift. If you've been called to do something, I want to help you do it whatever that is, write a book or do community service work or start a podcast or whatever it is. Let's get the emotional blocks out of the way so you can give your gifts to the world. Yes, indeed. Well, thank you, Helen, for all that you shared about finally resolving trauma and using trauma to lift our consciousness so that we can change the world. To explore the resources again that Helen has shared, go to flourishasachangecatalyst.com forward slash radio, and I will have all of her links. 
You will also be able to see links to all of our previous episodes of Change Catalysts at the Growing Edge. So thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for more ways you can flourish as a Change Catalyst at the Growing Edge. You've been listening to Change Catalysts at the Growing Edge on InspiredNewsRadio.com with Carol McClelland Fields. Tune in regularly to hear more ways you can flourish as a change catalyst.